Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Welcome to our time of conversation, and we are so glad that you joined us. I'm Charles, one of the associate ministers here, along with Kelly. Our special guest, Sutton Smith, who's a student at Yale Divinity School, uh, grew up in the church, and we're just so thankful to have you here and your family, and um, and you've been in ministry with our youth in a number of different ways, and um, so... So we're excited that Sutton is here. Uh, and also we're excited Corey's here yeah. as well. Yeah, another Smith. You know, we're not we're not related, but you know, we I would claim her in a minute. I love Sutton. Yeah. We're grateful she's here. Absolutely. So, so we thought it'd be uh, interesting to to look at our scripture as we're drawing close to, to Christmas in the season of Advent, uh, and just have a kind of a four-way discussion about yeah. about this. And Kelly, will you read it for us? Sure. As usual, I'm reading out of the Common English Bible, and this morning we're picking up in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, starting in verse 38. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. So this is the, uh, we had the, if we were to divide this up, that's kind of the visitation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke didn't write this. People did. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of divide it in our scripture. So Mary visits Elizabeth, and then Mary sings. Mm-hmm. So it's the Magnificat is what it's known by. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. This is one of the, the most famous um, parts of, uh, of poems, I guess I should say, yeah. uh, you know, not only in scripture, but, um, but just throughout history. And um, I love it because so many of her words kind of echoes the later message of, of Jesus yeah. as well. Uh, but what are some of your, your thoughts on this scripture that in some ways we know so well, but it seems like we often learn something new every time we read it? Um, I, I, I don't know. We have a musician with us today. <laughs> and uh, Sutton is not only a theologian, but she's a wonderful musician. And, and I know you appreciate this, that... The reason I love Luke's gospel is it's written like, it's kind of like the sound of music or a good musical. 
you know, the people see each other, and then when they feel something good, they just break out into songs. I mean, Zachariah sings, Mary mm-hmm. sings, the angels sing soon, and then uh, Simeon and Anna, they sing in a moment. I mean, it's like if you follow this, you can't help but sing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Mary's song. High musical, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, um, Sutton, for you, coming in, you're, you've just finished your first uh, first semester of seminary mm-hmm. after knocking it out of the park at <laughs> Birmingham Southern and now you're here you've just finished at Yale Divinity School your first semester and as a musician you hear some of these words and songs I mean what does it remind you of is there any thoughts that come to your mind um well first of all I think that the two of you flatter me far too much <laughs> <laughs> Put, put me in, put me in much better light than needs to be painted. Um, I'm not sure. I think uh, poetry and things like that are a little, little out of my wheelhouse. Um, but I do really like that one of the first, in the first chapter of Luke's gospel, you hear so much from Mary um, when you think about her sociopolitical status as a young woman in poverty. Um, And then there's the fact that she's able to have this really beautiful moment where um, she talks about her relationship with God and what what a great blessing it is for her to be chosen to be part of the story of the incarnation. Um, And I think that's a really important thing to think about is the role that Mary and Elizabeth and the women in this text play. I agree. I One of the things that really kind of jumps off the page to me is how incarnational it is, and not even that, but how, like, embodied it is. It's really fleshy and mm-hmm. human. We have babies turning inside their mothers. <laughs> we have people jumping up and down and running through the Judean countryside. It is very human and bodily, and I really appreciate that. One of the things that I also really love about this story, kind of like you were saying, Sutton, I love that it starts out, one of the first voices we hear in the story of Jesus is the story of, is the voice of Mary. Um, And, you know, Luke's gospel is one filled with lots of genealogy. And I love that kind of in this moment, Mary steps into a genealogy of her own, and that is of other women who thought that they could not conceive, like, um, Rachel and Hannah and Sarah, and she steps into this really lovely, like, lineage of women who set the stage for all of us to believe that we are so much more than we think we can be because we belong to God's story and to God's purpose. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. I think about the um, kind of the poetry or the song from the edges are from the um, places of life you never expect it to come from. And it's like an awareness that, that God God doesn't use the rich or the powerful or the prideful or mm-hmm. all of these things that she kind of talks about from in her in her Magnificat and her music and in her poetry. It's almost it's almost like a, a mix of a joyful song and a protest song mm-hmm. and a um, a lament, but also this wonderful awareness that God is so much bigger than than the categories and labels we put God in. <laughs> and God's breaking into our world and into our lives. And whatever people are going through today, you know, you might think that you're lowly and outcast and on the edge and unworth, unworthy. And yet, that's 
you're right in the right place for God. Those are God's favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I always think about um, the, the journey that Mary took from uh, her home in Nazareth to, to Hebron or in Karam where, where Elizabeth and Zechariah lived mm-hmm. and some, depending on how, what your way you say, but uh, 81 to 100 miles <laughs> um, doing that. And so anyway, a very long journey and, um, and not so much a safe journey. And, and what we're told in that time, and yeah. especially sudden as you described, um, a, a young woman, um, a girl almost, uh, making that journey would have to depend on the goodness of, of others, mm-hmm. um, for not only for protection, but just would kind of join in with other families or other groups going. And I always think about that journey and just the way um, that God must have worked in that, that time of Mary just processing all mm-hmm. these things and perhaps wondering how Elizabeth would react, wondering if Elizabeth was really pregnant as she'd been told. And, oh, yeah. and then they get, uh, she gets to her house and just this beautiful um, reunion and reaction and yeah. just affirmation of what God is doing and who yeah. God is. I did think of uh, one thing, uh, come, going to off to divinity school is my first time not in a Methodist context. Uh-huh. Um, you know, growing up here, spending a lot of time at AUMC and then going to a Methodist school in Birmingham. Um, so now I'm up in Connecticut where there aren't a ton of Methodists. Um, uh-huh. So I'm hearing a lot from uh, people of different uh, Christian denominations, which is oh, really yeah. interesting. Um, and one thing that is probably obvious but has been kind of made clear is the lack of emphasis that Methodists and a lot of Protestants put on Mary. Right. Um, telling me. Which is yeah. so interesting. Um, one of the things that we talked about in one of my classes um, this semester a lot was this idea of Theotokos, mm-hmm. um, of Mary as the God-bearer. Yeah. And um, just the absolute reverence that followers of Christ should have for the person who brought Carried God out. yeah, mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it's just interesting to kind of borrow from the other traditions who do hold that really high regard of Mary. Maybe that's something that we should, you know, yeah. peek into every now and then. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, I think, I think, I, and I think, you know, we, we're talking about 500 years of, of protesting and pushing against something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you, 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 you leave off some good things and that idea that this is somebody God chose and this is a, she, she teaches us about what it means to be a God bearer, mm-hmm. you know, what it means to be a Theotokos, what it means mm-hmm. to, to be somebody who holds Christ, uh, the love of God. And, and, and how do you live with a call mm-hmm. that God's given to you? And what do you do with all that? And uh, she's so human. She says she's disturbed and excited all at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, I love that she runs to somebody like an Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Elizabeth's name is, I wanted Elizabeth, I went and looked up Elizabeth's name this week. I wanted it to say, you know how you, I was like, Elizabeth's name needs to say like the great encourager, but it means uh, somebody who deeply trusts in God. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's almost like Mary said, she's like, said yes to God. She goes, I don't know what this means. <laughs> and Elizabeth is right there to say, you're going to be okay. <laughs> you know, you trust in God. God's going to help you. Yeah. God is in this. Yeah. Yeah. I think as much as that is absolutely a beautiful part of the story, one of the things, and maybe like, maybe this is just part of my particular experience as a woman, 
that um, I think it's really beautiful and lovely and moving that these two women meet face to face, you know, they're toe to toe over the doorstep of this home. And they not only believe God, but they believe each other. Yeah. No one is saying, are you sure? Um, How can this be? But they both have this deep inherent trust, both of God and of their own wisdom and experience. And uh, I don't really have a deeper point about that. I just find it really lovely that the image we get of um, what it means to follow God is two women just believing each other's experience with God. Yeah. But I'm with you, Seth, and I love Mary. Y'all know that. Don't get me started. Y'all know this. I think that's, that's such a news. great thing. to. I mean, they're, they're sitting there on the hinge of everything saying, we got this. <laughs> they, they're, you're holding, I mean, there's John the Baptist leaping, and there's Jesus, you know, emerging from within. It's right. amazing. Right. Just two second cousins. Well, and, mm-hmm. the, and the big picture of it all is that God initiated this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was not um, something that uh, that Mary or Elizabeth had planned or or done, or and I think so often you know we just have to put our trust in what God has initiated. Yes, um, and they were just there to, to celebrate, and like so many times, you know these may not be necessarily uh, as Jesus disciples and and just a whole list of people, mm-hmm. Old and New Testament, not the people we would have chosen, but God initiates you know, that, that calling um, and that blessing, which also carries with it sacrifice as well. Yeah. Okay, I am so glad you said that because, listen, if you're looking for a spiritual practice this Advent, I know we're almost done with Advent, but just Google the Visitation or the Magnificat and toggle over to Image, uh-huh. and you will find some really beautiful, wonderful, deeply spiritual art that will make you uncomfortable and grateful all at the same time. It's so interesting um, to think about this story as modern readers because we think of Mary like in her blue with her halo, which is correct. Um, But to think about this story in its ancient context and is to kind of realize that she's, this is not a a good situation uh, for her. Um, I've seen images of Mary and Joseph depicted as homeless teenagers outside of gas stations. I've seen mm-hmm. um, all kinds of really beautiful images that make us have to come to terms with who we think is in and who we think is out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really kind of makes you test your vision, see if you're seeing things through your own eyes or see if you're seeing people through God's eyes. Mm-hmm. I think about that just that beautiful moment that these two find each other and 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 Mary Mary could have been stoned mm-hmm. because of this scandal it could, it was seen as a scandal and to have mm-hmm. this person say you are good yeah. <laughs> and you and and what God is doing is good and I, and those images that you're talking about they do there I, I was spending some time with them today looking at those and you, and you go this has stirred the hearts of people for centuries mm-hmm. artists theologians, writers, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, and I think there's no way, um, I think maybe Adam Hamilton said this first, but there's no way to underestimate the value of the time that Mary and Elizabeth spent together um, and with the presence of of God there. uh, As you said, trusting one another, trusting in God, um, that uh, that's just always just a beautiful 
Mm-hmm. Beautiful picture, Dan. I mean, it had to be pretty special. God was literally there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know. Not some, in spirit, no. like in flesh. Mm-hmm. Someone said that this is like really the place where you really start to see the Trinity all in one mm-hmm. place where you've got God who created everything. You've got the Son of God, the you know, the very presence of God in the flesh there, mm-hmm. and then the Holy Spirit's just making it all happen. It's just yeah. like it's all right there. So yeah. wherever we are today, I know we're about to close in prayer, but I think about all of you that say who are watching us maybe between worship services or on a Sunday morning, or maybe you're listening to us on your podcast driving to work. You may be going, gosh, you know, lots going on. But maybe that good news of God is there. God is the, you know, the one who created you, the one who called you, and the one who is sustaining you always. So how do we need to pray, y'all? What do we need to pray for today? We need to continue to pray for our friends affected by tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone, as we approach the holidays, for those for whom it's happy and those for whom it is very sad, there's a lot of uh, sweet families that I think of this year who will have empty chairs around the yeah. Christmas mm-hmm. dinner table. Right. Yeah. You want to pray for us? I would love okay. to. Okay. <laughs> Holy God, we are thankful for the gift of a new day. We're thankful for the gift of your word. We're thankful for the gift of Mary that teaches us so much about who you are and who you value and what you call holy. This day we ask that you would use your words and your voice and your spirit to mold our path, that we would be faithful as we respond to that. This day we also pray for all of those um, in our country who are still reeling after tornadoes and storms and natural disasters, and we pray for those this day, especially who are grieving as we go into this Christmas week. And we ask that you would be with them, that you would bring them the peace that only you can. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.